That was from Power Book 3, Raising Canaan. On this episode of Why Watch That? With guest co-host, Michelle Mason. Why Watch That's on a quest to help you find the movies and TV shows you'll love. Buckle in. That was just a snippet from season two, season finale of Power Book 3, Raising Canaan. So as we're going into season three, we ask the question, is this the tipping point or the turning point for Raquel, Canaan, Marvin, and Lulu's drug organization? I just want to let y'all know that I'm done doing what I've been doing. So you thinking me and you good now? Like I said, Kanan, we got a lot to talk about. In Power Book 3, a little backstory, we follow Kanan's mother, Raquel Thomas, or Rock, played by Patina Miller, who is the head of the drug organization in Southside, Jamaica, Queens. Her business partners are her two brothers, Lulu and Marvin. Lulu is played by Malcolm M. Mays, and Marvin is played by London Brown. Lulu is the brother seeking to leave the drug business and pursue music. We keep doing this, Lou. Going over the same talking the same talk, then you're gonna get done and you're gonna walk away. It's just noise, Lou. Marvin is the brother most considered to be the screw-up of the family and has a lot of anger issues and a strained relationship with his daughter, Jukebox, played by Haley Kilgore. I'm a the father. I just, she never gonna forgive me for we are seeing a change in Marvin's character as he is in therapy to actively become a better man and a better father. Now, as season two concluded, we saw Rock's family drug organization crack at the hands of her competitors out in New Jersey. The attack left Rock's organization wounded in multiple ways, but ultimately, she was saved by Unique, played by Joey Badass, who was another competitor of hers in Queens. I'm drama around Unique. Why are here wilding? With all the turmoil in the business, we also concluded the season with Kanan discovering the truth about Detective Howard, who is played by Omar Epps. I'm your father, Kanan. You're <laughs> 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 crazy, right? It made me laugh, too. Your whole life, you've been thinking Defcon, your daddy, but he ain't. However, he's not the only one privy to this information as Detective Howard's partner, Detective Shannon Burke, played by Shanley Caswell, has put two and two together about Detective Howard, Raquel, and Kanan's personal relationship. You shot Howard? Your father? What the f*** are you talking about, Father? I know everything, Kanan. Look, I don't know what you think you know, but you don't. Howard was working as an undercover when he met your mom. So again, we asked the question, is season three going to be the tipping point or the turning point for the family and the drug organization of Rock, Kanan, and Marvin and Lou? I need somebody I can count on. Thing is, I ain't shooting my way out of problems no more. I disagree. Now, the situation with Detective Howard and Detective Burke, that definitely has to come to a head as Detective Burke is so eager to just let out that she knows the information about what's going on with Detective Howard. Federal task force opened up shop in my precinct. Feds is going to dig deep. They're already watching. They're coming for us. Now, will Rock, now that she's wounded, decide to leave the game? But as we've seen so many times in all these drug movies and drug TV shows, that leaving the game isn't just that simple. Some people born to be doctors, lawyers, ball players. I'm here to move weight. 
It's what I do. It's who I am. But also, what will come of her relationship with not only her son Kanan, but her brothers Lulu and Marvin now that they are also wounded in multiple ways too? That's what you don't understand. And this ain't about what you did. It's about who you are. I don't take nothing from her no more. I'm trying to make my own money, man. Give her one more shot to make it right between y'all. No. Maori. Now, what will come with Kanan and his relationship with his father? All these questions will surely be answered in season three. Southside, it's real dangerous right now, Kanan. You working for Neek? I work for me. If Rock breathing, she hustling. Should have took her out back in the day. Kanan's changing a lot. He also kicking in with some old heads. Your mother is good at this work. Oh All right, guys. So we're talking Power Book 3, Raising Canaan today. Um, and before we get into this episode, we are going to remind you to please like, share, subscribe, comment. Um, and even more so, let us know if you want us to bring in more guests for the coming year. So I'm going to hand this over to the guest and the critic to delve into Power Book 3. And if you have not seen Power Book 3, any of the seasons, and you want to get into it, you're going to be able to catch that on Stars. Um, it's been renewed for season four already. If you are a fan and you're wondering if you're going to get your, your fix after the season is over. Well, do you need more of a fix after this season? Yeah. That might be a question too. <laughs> Did they jump the gun? Now, before we dive into that, producer, I like how you try to, you know, just sneak out you have to tell us based on what you saw from that plot summary. Would you start watching Raising Canaan? Because have you seen any of the powers, any of yeah. them? I think I saw original power season one and like two episodes of season two. And that's where you stopped? <laughs> <laughs> yes. And it's probably because I don't have stars. And so you end up seeing these things in different environments. Or a lot of times I just fall off of shows. That's my thing. And I go mm -hmm. back to something that I know. Yeah. Well, I mean, if you watch book two, uh, Ghost, that might be enough to stop watching television. So that makes sense that you ended it there. <laughs> um, now, we're talking about Raising Canaan. And as of this recording, there are two episodes available from season three. Mm -hmm. And as you saw in the plot summary, a lot has happened, but do they have more to offer us in this story? Before I say what I think, the guest in the middle here is the guest of honor. So Michelle, tell us your impression so far of season three. Um, My impression so far, I just feel like in season three, I wanted them to come out the gate swinging. And I feel like in episode one, they did. But there's still so many unanswered questions because some strange things started already happening in season three that was not predictable from the past two seasons. Um, so I just feel like I don't know where they're going this season. I felt like I had an idea coming into it, but now I'm kind of like, OK, something threw me for a loop. What's about to happen here? Yeah, it's a lot of setup uh, in the first two episodes of course, you have to deal with what happened at the end of season two, reintroduce us to the world and all of that in episode one. I just had the feeling watching both episodes that it's a collection of scenes instead of a story, instead of a through line. It's always been a bunch of different storylines. I don't know what the connective tissue is watching it. 
the end of episode one, we don't spoil, was obvious to me. I knew that was coming. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I mean, it was just what had to happen. But how are they using it is the question to me. Um, I don't know. The one thing that is sort of interesting is Unique's brother coming in and ironing. That was one of my favorite scenes. I was like, why do they have him ironing? I'm like, okay, so you're sitting there writing this script and you go, okay, he is in the, what, whatever that is, living room ironing. It's just, I was just thinking about who came up with this idea and why. They did nothing with it. He's just there ironing. Right. Yeah. And so and it's things like that. Yeah. yeah. And what's the point of introducing his brother the way that they're introducing him? Yeah. Especially now there were two two seasons, two episodes into the season. It's getting a little strange. So yes. I'm going to see where we're going with that. <laughs> right. And I don't even know if I buy that he's this person to be afraid of. Really? Like even what? No. I, I'm afraid of what? I don't have any evidence yet. They're going to get there, yeah. obviously. It's just, it's a, it's a weird thing. I don't buy that he's Unique's brother. I don't buy that he just got out. I don't buy that we all should be afraid of him because... What uh, 50 says in the voiceover when he's introduced is, you know, he's the guy everybody, even the people you're afraid of are afraid of. No, no, he's not. Um, <laughs> that's not on the screen. Thank you for telling us that. I do want to see what they do with it, though. As we showed in the plot summary, they're going somewhere. I do want to see Wendell Pierce. How is he going to affect this with his fur? Like, that is something I'm interested in. It's just taking a bit too long. I do like Tony Danza. Hold over from season two. He and Unique, I thought, Michelle, their exchanges, that had something. That had something to yeah. it. When he finally learned how to say his name, that was nice, too. <laughs> I think that that tidbit of uh, comedy was actually pretty funny because it's like the disrespect. Like, you know what my name is, and you're still trying to disrespect me. <laughs> <laughs> it's like Whitley in a different world where she couldn't get Kinu's name right. It's the same kind of thing. Mm. So... You know, that they have potential. And the thing about the four power shows now. Yeah, four. four. This one has always had the best cast. Oh, yes, yes. Yes. That is the saving grace. So I'm willing to keep watching just because they seem to be clear. The core cast almost happening. Um, so I just hope... They, they give them a little more moving forward because, all right, the whole thing with Rock and saying she's out of the game, I'm, no one believes that. You said that in the plot summary. Who, uh, like, why are we spending so much time on that? It's not believable. I don't know. Give, give Patina something to do. Right. You know, yeah, okay, the whole thing when she has to deal with Tony Dance as she and Unique get kidnapped, more of that. Her and Unique, that's always interesting. Do I buy them as an item? No. no. I hope they're using it as a way for the two of them to try to one-up each other in some way. Otherwise, I mean, really. But it's power and it's 50 Cent and all of his shows we have to deal with some sort of, you know, people taking clothes off. Just why, Just because. Let's just do it. It's time. They're like, oh, half an hour in. Somebody got to have sex. So that, there's something there. I always love Omar Epps. Just watch, I, you know what, Omar in this show, I want somebody to get him some medical attention. I know in the real, in real, in the real world, Omar doesn't look that bad. It's like perfect 
every when he just shows up on the screen, I'm like, this man needs help. He needs help. <laughs> <laughs> it's funny. He and his partner thing, and then going into the investigation. Okay, maybe, maybe mm-hmm. they'll do something with that as well. They haven't, Michelle, so far, really gone back to Juke and her mama. Yeah, we need to dissect that because we only see a little bit in the aftermath that Juke is kind of feeling some type of way, but she hasn't disclosed how she's feeling. So we see her, you know, with, you know, listening to music that was given to her, but it's just like, so what is the significance of this music to you? What does her passing do for you, Juke? Right. And we know she's now going, am I going in the armed forces? I'm giving up singing. Do I buy that? No. Um, (laughs) If she goes into the armed forces, she will be leaving the show. Uh, So, again, it's some things where you got to think about as writers. How are we going to provide this audience something to chew on? Because that's what the power shows are about. Even when they're completely ridiculous and poorly executed, which I wouldn't say is the case for Raising Canaan. So we'll see what happens with Juke there as well. I did like seeing LaToya come in playing her mama. I thought she did a great job in uh, season two. Uh, I think she really got the work done. Actually, I kind of want her back. Really? In the show. Yeah. I did like that storyline with Juke and her and, you know, Daddy. That was an interesting dynamic. The conversion therapy that they almost put Juke in, you know, that kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. They had something there. You got If you lose it, you got to replace it. Yeah. Lou is upset. Is there something new? I don't know. But he's him. always upset. <laughs> he's, just... also, he's also losing a lot, you know, and it's just the respect factor from brother to sister. There's no respect from Raquel to him. Like, I, we saw in season one that there was more respect for Lulu than it was for Marvin. And then we see the tide shifted where it's just like Marvin is her go-to and Lulu is just like left and right getting played. And I feel so bad for his character sometimes. Yeah. Well, that's because he wanted to go into the music business. Mm-hmm. And that was the shift in that dynamic uh, between the two of them. So we'll see. I mean, you know, or is he just going to keep opening his, you know, apartment door to close it? in Marvin's face when it comes to Marvin um uh, he's just really just there at the moment I think that's a shame he's one of my favorite characters we got to give him what happened to as you mentioned in the plot summary what happened to the anger management we need more of that they bring stuff up and then drop it yeah because we see him trying to revisit it where he does his little Yes. These little breathing exercises. So it's like, okay, you do remember your therapy, but ever since the therapist was, you know, sadly taken away, it's like we don't really see him actively trying to go back to therapy or actively trying to remember his woosahs and stuff, you know? So they did drop the ball on that. Uh, or maybe they're going to pick it back up. We don't know. But um, yeah. they, did, they did drop the ball on what happened in the aftermath of the therapist, you know, dying. Yeah. So really, it's understandable for them as writers. They have a lot to juggle. The question is, when do you go to these storylines? When do you do it in a way where the audience feels like they're learning something new? They're following the story. There's urgency. I don't know that they found that yet. I think they are really trying to set up this new thing between Rock and Kanan, where they're no longer on the same side. 
It's just taking too long. This isn't chess. It's checkers. Let's get there. You know, we don't really need to belabor this point. Okay. And, and you know, we have a little bit of Canaan now in episode two, starting his own enterprise, you know, with, with his good buddy. And whoever that is that just happens to be in their apartment building now, you know, whatever, you know, yeah. whatever y'all need to do is fine. Was he there when there was a shootout, this guy, or did he just move in? And why? Where did he come from? How did he end up in this building? But you, but you, you hit on a point earlier that there's like so many um, unanswered questions still, because when we ended season two, we ended with like, what happened with the guy that, you know, Crown killed? You know, like, where where are we going with that? Like, they haven't brought that up at all so far in this current season. And then there's just there's just so many, like, going back to um, even uh, talking about Lulu, like, what's happening with the whole situation with Crown? You know, they barely brought up Crown this season so far. Like, I see what they're trying to do with Crown's character now that he's gone, but where are we going? Like, there's so many unanswered questions. And I feel like now they maybe are trying to rush this season just to get to the point of what happens between Raquel and Kanan. But there's so many other, you know, things that you guys have opened up this can of worms in season one and two that you're not closing yet in season three. Yeah, exactly. And uh, the burning question I have, though, Michelle, is for Marvin. So old boy who, I think he was in a wheelchair, how is he driving? That is the burning question. He is, and, and I watched this with my brother and, I was, I was, he was like, how is he driving? I was like, maybe he has because sometimes you can rig a car and, and drive that way. Okay. But then he was driving the, the post uh, office van. <laughs> <laughs> can you explain that? Did you catch how that happened? That's a good question because I do know that sometimes I guess they make vehicles for those that are paraplegic, but yes. we're talking about a time not in the 2023. So it's like, were those vehicles available back in the early 90s? I don't know. And they stole the post office truck. <laughs> and he was driving it. <laughs> <laughs> and, but stuff like that is fun. It's because you sit there and go, what? How is this possible? Right. No reference. <laughs> I don't know. Maybe he went to a revival and they cured him or something. Uh, maybe that <laughs> happened and we missed it. But with that said, again, it's just been the first two episodes we're reacting to. It's going to be interesting to see Michelle in the next eight, because they do have eight more episodes, what they're going to do to warrant a season four. Um, but just tell us, now that we've gone through a lot of the different parts of the story, overall, Michelle, for this season, thinking about the previous two, are you still interested in what's moving forward? Also... How do you place it in the whole power universe? Do you think it's one of the better shows? Just let us know your thoughts overall. Overall, I place it as the better ones. Um, so if I had to rank, I would definitely obviously put power first. But if we're talking about the rest of them, I would definitely put power book three, power book two, then force. But actually force kind of, you know, changed the game in season two. But that's another conversation. But um, I feel like Power Book 3 has the better actors, like you said. Honestly, I didn't even have interest in watching Power Book 3 when it first aired season one. It was 
Patina Miller's character who actually reeled me in because the way that her she acts her behind all like she does a very good job and she brought me into the show honestly. Um, but where do I think they're going with season three and how I'm feeling about it going into season four? I feel like. There's so many things that needs to be answered for me going into the rest of this past coming up eight episodes going into season four. But I also feel like I'm getting a little tired because now we're three seasons and I feel like Kanan hasn't aged. And that's one thing I kind of hate about stories that involve children is like, when do we see them grow up? Like we already know from Power, the first one that. Kanan grows up, you know, and becomes this drug dealer and, you know, gets Ghost and Tommy and all them, you know, into the business. But we also see with Jukebox's character, she becomes a cop in the regular power. So how do we go from Jukebox trying to be in the armed forces, music, to I'm a, I'm a cop in D.C.? Like, how do we get to this point? So when are we going to see Kanan grow up and, and Jukebox grow up? That's what I'm looking for. So I feel like I can't go into Power before with them still being the same age right now in Power Book Three, like I need to see their evolution and their change to who we knew they became up to became to be in their original power. Yeah, and I think they're trying to do that this season. It's just they have to again do it in a way that makes some sense. Uh, and again, I agree with you on the casting. Uh, really, I like not only Patina. I think they again did a great job casting Makai as Kanan. Um, that's a difficult thing to do. Somebody who would believably grow up to be 50 cent. That's just, yeah. he, he nails that. And I get why they're holding him back. Cause if you push it too far, they're going, well, we don't know how many seasons we're going to get. True. So we got to drag this out. It's, it, these are the considerations. It's always better when they have an end point, when they go, we're going to do five seasons of this, then you can plan it out. Um, but obviously that has not happened here. Uh, London as Marvin, I liked him in Ballers. So it was fun to see him showing up here again. Joey is just great. I mean, Unique, they could do a spinoff of Unique. Really, they could. Yeah, they could. <laughs> Put him in a fur and let him go. That scene, Michelle, when he was driving in the fur, I think was hilarious with his brother. I was like, who is driving <laughs> with this fur? You got to <laughs> take it off and put it in the back seat. <laughs> Listen, we will never not see a scene with Unique not wearing a fur, and I feel like he hasn't learned since what was it, season one, when the when they planted the coat in his closet. Like you need to learn not to wear wear the same outfits in this business because they're gonna know who you are. Talking about the feds, obviously, and cops, but yeah, I love Joey Badass for sure playing this role. Like I think he does a very good job, um, and he definitely brings the core to the cast as far as like a native New Yorker type of feel, you know what I mean? Um, and that's what I think something that's, if you're going to do a show based in New York, you really want core New Yorkers, you know, um, playing these roles. So I think he does great. Yeah, e exactly. And then there's also, let's not forget, we have Haley playing Juke and Malcolm A's playing Lou and so on. And don't forget Omar, you know, that's another spinoff they could do, to be honest. They could go, they could do a prequel when he was undercover and he met. Rock. Exactly. Yeah. They could do that. But speaking of Omar, because you mentioned earlier how he always looks so sick on the scene. <laughs> I feel like they never answered that question either about his health. Um, like they kind of like just was like, okay, he got shot. And then we're just going to go to the rest of the storyline. Let's just forget the health part to what was going on in his character in season one. So, yeah, I need answers to that, too. <laughs> so many answers that we, we require.
Now, you know, Raising Kanan to me in the Power universe is still number one. I like it better than Power. Um, I would put Power number two. See, again, it's the casting. And the thing about Kanan's cast is they cast it out of New York. Mm -hmm. And they casted a lot of stage veterans. So you get some people who actually know a little bit about acting. Just a little. That's all I ask. Just a teeny bit. In the original Power, it depends. You know, it, and you can track Lala, Lala Anthony's acting journey starting there and see how just terrible it was. And then you go into BMF and she's a little better. So everybody, the ending message, see how positive I can be. The ending message is everybody, you can improve in the world. Yes. And, and we know that Kanan will either improve or get worse, depending on how you say it across his journey into becoming a criminal mastermind. So with that said, we will continue to watch Raising Canaan and hope, like you said, Michelle, that he does grow up, that he raises up and leads his people. Isn't that what we're here for? Okay. So there we go. So producer, join us again. Tell us after that discussion, what do you think about coming back and and starting Raising Canaan? You got to unmute yourself, though. Yeah. Um, I don't know. It seems interesting. It seems like something that I would put on. And it's also one of those shows that I feel like I need to watch. You guys, if you know, I'm a background show watcher. I feel like there's way too much going on for me to just have this on in the background and not like sit with it. So I think that's the challenge with me in the show. But it does sound interesting enough for me to be like, oh, if I want to actually sit down and get into a story, I'd give it a shot. Yeah. And you don't actually have to have watched Hmm. Uh, book one and book two, for instance, to go to book three. Really, they kind of live on their own. Now, if you want the full story, mm-hmm. obviously you would do that. But I would I would say, everybody, if you're brave, you can go to book two and book four. Otherwise, I would stick with book one and book three. Book two still to me has scarred me for life, watching some <laughs> of that acting is unforgivable. And force, <laughs> if you change the O to an A, that's kind of what it is. <laughs> so there we go. Uh, no more, no more from me, everybody. We do appreciate power. I do appreciate 50 Cent in particular for just entertaining us. I hope they bring that back, though. They need to make this more entertaining. Do you agree with that, Michelle? Yes, I do, for sure. I think we're getting glimpses of it as episode one came out. But like you said earlier, we knew that was going to happen. So just keep on bringing out more excitement this season and give us a good cliffhanger. Ooh. Thanks for joining us. For up-to-date info and to share what's on your watch list, be sure to follow us on Facebook, Instagram, YouTube, and TikTok at Why Watch That, and on Twitter at WWT Radio. Also, you can visit us at whywatchthat.com. And while you're at it, don't forget to go ahead and rate Why Watch That Radio on iTunes. Let's keep the conversation going.